Welcome to Resilient Burlington, where community leaders share their visions for Vermont. With us today is Jesse Bridges, CEO of United Way of Northwest Vermont. What would you like to get the word out about? I think the biggest thing that we're we're making sure that people are understanding right now is um, you know the amount of work that we need to do as a community um, you know around a, a number of different realities that we have here in our community um, and you know one of those things is that we're all in this together because I think as a nation we're all we're all facing many of the same problems uh, obviously the health concern and the the situation of COVID-19 and, and the impact that that's had on uh, the health of our community. Uh, the economic realities uh, of what's happened with uh, the economy coming out of COVID and the, and the need to stay healthy um, and, and the real pressures that that's putting on really every sector, whether it's local government, uh, business, uh, and the nonprofit sector and philanthropy. Um, and, you know, I think real, real issues around the systems uh, and the equity and justice, particularly the racial equity and justice, um, the work that we all need to do as we move forward. Um, COVID has really laid bare a lot of the inequities in our systems, you know, uh, the way it has disproportionately impacted people, um, but it's done in a way that's uh, across the country, so I think it's been really evident. Um, and so we're, we're hoping that the community is aware of these, these real challenges, and, and the only way that we're going to move through this is if we do this together and, and do it united. So how has the pandemic affected your operations? Well, United Way, we were, you know, we we're fortunate to be able to, you know, when our governor issued a stay home, stay safe order, our organization was able to pivot very quickly, um, thanks to uh, the year-round philanthropy of, of thousands of donors across our region that, that enable us to do our work. Um, we were able to transition very quickly to support um, volunteer mobilization efforts. Uh, we were able to raise some additional dollars to support the immediate response um, the urgent needs around food and housing and shelter and communication that needed to happen. Uh, so we were very fortunate in that kind of initial time period we were able to do that. Um, I think the, the biggest thing for us as we move forward is one, the, obviously the lack of being able to get people together. One of the big things that we do at United Way is bring business and government and the nonprofit sector and community members together. Uh, we have to do that through Zoom and, and other platforms and so um, that's been a big change. Uh, we are also seeing a significant decline in philanthropy. So while we had an initial response and were able to raise some additional dollars to, re to respond to direct needs, our ongoing grant making and operations are severely impacted by um, the economic um, and, and health crisis. What do you see going forward? How can you get resources to the community and get the funds to do so? Yeah, I think, you know, I think for many of us, you know, everybody's been impacted in some way, but I think the, the thing for people to recognize, right, is that the, the impacts are multiplied, you know, particularly if you are in a, you know, general, generally lower economic situation, lower paying job, um, or if you have, you know, any sort of um, other system issue against you, if you know, and uh, particularly for people of color, um, you know, a lot of new Americans in Burlington, uh, that have difficulties with the language or, or other aspects that we're trying to, to help them with. So uh, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done uh, for people to understand that, you know, each of us doing a little bit more or giving of ourselves where we can, uh, particularly philanthropy financially, is going to be incredibly important. It's, it's a necessary part of how we're going to change our systems uh, so that things are more equitable as we move forward. We know 
that philanthropy plays a huge role in that. Uh, we don't think it's going to be big enough to sustain whole programs or our efforts. And so there's, we're really going to have to have an all-in approach. Um, but, but we do need people to continue to contribute. And I think that that's particularly for their neighbors that aren't employed or they're those that, are, that were already living on the edge. Um, this is for, you know, throwing people further into crisis and, um, and our systems uh, in many ways have responded really well to kind of emergent need. Uh, but that's not a way to live going forward. You know, shelters and food shelves are important uh, safety nets, uh, but they're not, you know, an equitable way to distribute food or housing. Um, and, uh, and those are the things with which we need to, to work to change. And we need the resources to do that. What are different equitable ways to, to address those needs? You know, I think one, you know, a number of the things that, that we've been focused on is housing first um, as a priority for, for how we deal with our, our housing crisis. That requires a, a real all, all, you know, all of the above approach where you've got to have housing at all the different uh, income levels. Uh, you need to have permanently affordable housing. You need to have support services for people that need additional care, mental health care or other access. Um, you need housing built in places where it makes it easy to access uh, grocery stores, uh, and other community assets so that you have um, a better ease of transportation. We don't have a very big, robust public transportation program in rural Vermont. And so um, having the ability to, uh, to house people with that being the idea that, that, um, that we work to get people housed, not that we work to uh, just shelter them, um, is, uh, is something that where we, we really want to work. Um, and the charitable food system is not, you know, something that is sustainable in the long term. You know, we can't rely. It's, there's a lot of redundancies. Um, there's a lot of right now just great work that's happening in terms of people donating food. There's lots of food. The distribution systems are all messed up, though, right? And um, we've got to figure out how to re recalculate that so that people can get food where, you know, really where everybody else gets food. So a much more equitable way to distribute food benefits or food access is through programs like SNAP, or EBT programs, depending on you know where you're living, um, then to rely on pop-up volunteer, um, you know, donation-based food shelves. Um, those those do work in an emergency, like we saw with the initial shutdown. Uh, but long-term, it's not a sustainable strategy, and it's not an equitable access for people to 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 get food. Are you doing advocacy work on the state level or even federal level around those issues? So United Way, we're fortunate as part of United Way Network. We're a you know, small independent United Way. All United Ways are independent organizations uh, run by their local communities and supported by local dollars. But we have a network across the state and across the country that does, does advocacy at a number of different levels. Um, we're fortunate in Vermont. Our legislators, federal legislators, kind of get those systems change pieces. They understand a lot of that work. There's um, not a ton of convincing there. And there's only three of them, so it's you know a little easier to <laughs> get the message. You know, so I think that there's a little bit of that, you know, that advocacy that's happening at the federal level, at the state level. You know, the reality right now is that everybody's pinched for resources, and the state's no exclusion. The federal, you know, there's just there's only so much. We already have big shortfalls at federal and local budgets. Um, but looking at prioritizing and advocating for how we prioritize the resources that we do have. Where is the most efficient way that a sustainable source of revenue like taxes or other, uh, other re resources that governments have, where should those be invested to prop up a system that then can support itself in other ways and then use philanthropy to leverage that or leverage improvement or innovation? Um, you know, I often think philanthropy could be the, the R&D, the research and development of the social service sector. 
um, just like you know venture capital uh, or other capital assets are in the for-profit enterprises. That's that's what we need in the in the social service sector to get better, to continue to improve and and, and innovate. So I think we're we're trying to send that message. Um, our United Way and many have you know played a really neutral role for a long time. It's how we've convened tables. We sit at that intersection of government, nonprofit, and the business sector. Um, and because we're neutral, we're able to hold a table and have a conversation. Uh, I think we're also challenging the idea that in that neutrality, there's some complicity uh, in, in allowing systems to continue that are unjust. How have you seen people in the community step up in this challenging time? I think we've seen everything from people giving dollars to, you know, to, to you know, community efforts, um, people changing jobs, um, you know, like within their own you know, organization or shifting organizations in order to do something that they feel like is, is giving back to the community. Um, our Meals on Wheels program, our Age, Age Willow program that runs that lost about 100 volunteers right at the start of the stay home order because they were older and they couldn't, you know, for safety reasons, couldn't do out, get out and do meal deliveries. Uh, we helped AgeWell, a number in the city and Burlington and others helped AgeWell get the word out about volunteers. We recruited 300 new volunteer drivers uh, to get meals delivered to, uh, to people in need throughout the community. So there's just been an incredible amount of, I think again, because it's, you know, this is something where we're all, you know, sitting in our homes impacted by this in a lot of ways. We, we understand that those that are isolated, those without means, those that are subject to systems that didn't work for them in normal times, have had it, you know, just quadrupled uh, on them. And so they needed to step up and get out there as best they could. Uh, I think it's been frustrating. We had hundreds and hundreds of people sign up to volunteer. Um, but there's also a lot of limitations on volunteer activities. You can't have volunteers just coming into the food shelves to distribute food. You can't have people touching everything. You can't have the close proximity. Um, you need to have trained people in order to kind of move things through a process. So that's been, I think, frustrating for our community, but they found other ways to stay involved and stay connected. Uh, making phone calls to, to older adults, uh, mentoring programs have all gone digital. Um, you know, there's just a lot of innovation and, and turning uh, really on a dime when you consider that it, we've never seen anything like this. Um, that's been really heartwarming to see. And I'm, I know, you know, we've got a long road to recovery. You know, it's going to be a while. And um, I'm hoping people can stay with it and, and, and stay in it. Uh, and I'm, I'm optimistic that our community cares that much about their neighbors that they will. Where should people go who need resources or who want to volunteer? You know, I always say, you know, unitedwaynwvt.org uh, is our website. We have a number of resources that are listed there. Uh, our volunteer connection portal is a great way to say you want to volunteer and to see different volunteer opportunities that exist. So organizations that do have the opportunities can post them there. We've also created some volunteering guidelines to just keep everybody healthy and safe and, and did those in consultation with uh, our partners and uh, they follow CDC and state guidelines. Um, so those are great. That's a great place to go for that type of resources. Also, if you want to give to larger community efforts, so if you want to make a donation in order to uh, help further our work of systems change and supporting working Vermonters uh, through resource coordination or uh, or the grants that we give to uh, to programs throughout our community to help them do their work. You know, we're at the pulse of what's needed. Uh, and so supporting United Way gives you that ability to kind of really get your dollars where they're needed most without having to figure it all out yourself. And I think um, the other place that, you know, we really want people to be aware of, if they need access to resources, 211 is the number to call or 211, vermont211.org is, is the place to go 
for information on how what resources are available to you. So if you need help with unemployment insurance or uh, rental assistance, those type of things, that's that's the resource. That's the statewide uh, resource, and pretty much every state has a two one one, and that is a program of United Ways across the state. How did you get started in this work? I mean, I came to to Vermont to go to college and uh, somehow found my way into fundraising uh, at the university. Went on to work uh, for the city of Burlington as their director of parks and recreation. Found a true love there for social impact work and uh, bettering the community at a really local level. United Way had an opening a few years ago. Um, It's just a wonderful, well-respected organization that's been around for decades. It's evolved over time, you know, uh, with the community. Um, it's continuing to evolve and, and change and, and be there as a, as a different kind of different organization uh, in the future. And I love the idea that we can, we can make some change around social impact. And um, I think United Way works in a, in a very different place than I, my city work was a lot more of space making and creating the spaces for that and creating programs for that where United Way is much more systems change and uh, connecting people to, to those resources. And I think that's a, uh, it's important work to do. And, um, I'm pretty lucky because I just have some exceptional colleagues and community partners to do that work with. How have you seen United Way and nonprofits and social work change over the years? Here in Vermont, we've had, you know, a lot of nonprofits have been around for a number of decades um, with, uh, with some really consistent uh, energetic leadership uh, over those decades. Over the last number of years, there's been a lot of leadership change. So uh, in the last three to five years, there's been a lot of turnover in the nonprofit leadership space, um, which has created some new thinking about how we can partner and what work uh, we can do together. Thinking about the nonprofit sector as a sector of the economy um, and how uh, it plays a critical role connecting and, and keeping resources. For many of our most needy, you know, neighbors, but also for all of us, you know, if we, we increase equity or, or, or do the justice work, it, it's benefit to us all. It's not just a benefit to, to one person, kind of a universally accessible community. And, and I take that term from playground design in my parks and rec days, you know, you make it so that every kid has a chance to get to the top of the hill. They might not all take the same path, but there is a path for everyone. Uh, it doesn't take away from somebody else's experience or ability to get to the top of that hill. And, uh, and I think we can do that with our systems, systems and, our, and our social work. And like so I that. think it's really important that we continue to evolve. Um, you know, we continue to evolve as a, as a sector. Um, we continue to, to be an important key piece to the economy in, in the state. Um, and supporting people, you know, supporting people to do that work uh, is, is equally important. One of the other things is that our community is, is hopefully changing in terms of how we view roles in social service and human service and, and valuing those um, as, you know, real uh, parts of uh, what make our community great. I like that metaphor of, of making sure there's a path for everybody to get to the top of the hill. What do you think are the biggest challenges or opportunities in Vermont? I think our biggest, ch- some of our biggest challenges are also some of our biggest opportunities. So we're small, right? We haven't grown uh, in population in a long time. We've had a real loss. There's been a, a segment of the population that we just age-wise have have missed. Many of my colleagues from college, you know, leave leave the state and go to other places or um, you know, for certain parts of their career and then maybe come back, maybe they don't. Um, so we've just had a, a, a real population issue. On the flip side of that, it gives us the ability to be a little bit more nimble. We, we don't have as many people. Um, and so we can, we can do things, we can experiment with things, we can try things and be an incubator for new ideas 
um, because the scale is, is workable. Flip side of that means we have less resources though, right? So there's less tax dollars, you know, there's less philanthropy overall compared to a much larger population base. Uh, we're aging, so we have a, you know, one in three Vermonters will be over the age of 60 by 2030. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a big, you know, big aging population and um, transportation is a big issue. You know, the access to transportation and how people get to their community centers, how people get to the food access, uh, how they get to work are big pieces that are part of what we're, what we're dealing with. You know, if you'd asked me six months ago, you know, one of the big issues we were having was not um, the, you know, we weren't having a jobs issue, right? We had, we had jobs, plenty of jobs. Two, we, we didn't have people. We didn't have a workforce. Our unemployment rate was historically low. Um, and we were missing opportunities to grow companies and nonprofits and other, other sectors because of the lack of, of people you know, uh, in that working age bracket. And so that workforce challenge, I think, remains. Uh, we're just dealing with it now with, you know, 15% unemployment. Um, and, you know, we'll see where that settles. But it's going to be, you know, I think that's going to be one of the other pivots and challenges of it's a new problem now in terms of how do you sustain business and grow the workforce at the same time. Why do you live in Vermont? What makes Burlington special to you? I came here in 98. Uh, I was born in Vermont, but grew up down in Massachusetts, actually, in the North Shore. You know, came here because of the, you know, the access to the, you know, all the classic reasons people come to school here. And, and then I think people stay here is they, you know, access to the outdoors, a neighborhood and a community uh, on a bigger sense, on a, you know, more of a, uh, not just, you know, your street, but your, your larger community that, that has, you know, values and, uh, and opportunities that, uh, that are, you know, in line with, with what I hope for and um, want to see going forward. You know, it's just a, it's a beautiful place and it's, you know, it's crazy because it can get up to 100 degrees and it can be negative 20, um, but, you know, four seasons aren't a bad thing. You know, I was, I was lucky, you know, I mentioned the workforce challenge, the jobs challenge. I was fortunate that I was able to grow my career here and stay. That's not true for everybody. And, and so I think that that's, you know, some of the work ahead is to, to make that possible for everybody. But I love that you can walk, you know, to water uh, or you can, um, you know, kind of travel into the woods. It doesn't take you, you can, you can be in a bunch of different places very quickly. That's not a bad thing. Who in Vermont inspires you? You know, I'd say, you know, I'd been inspired by my predecessor, uh, Martha Maxim ran United Way. She worked at the organization and her predecessor too. I've been fortunate to take over for two incredible, uh, incredible leaders that, uh, you know, did this work for, for a long time. You know, certainly in a very different environment, both uh, economically and, uh, and socially, but, uh, but they did an incredible job creating uh, an organization that does focus on impact. Um, and so being able to kind of follow in their footsteps and learn from, from what they've done and how they've approached that work has been really rewarding. Now, there are a number, I think, of, of other people in the community that, uh, that do this work. They think innovatively, but they also, they try new things. Uh, you talk to somebody like Kyle Dodson at the YMCA, you know, they're, they're, you know, you think of the Y and you think of swim and gym and basketball, and they're the largest childcare provider in the state, just uh, incredible what they're able to accomplish. You know, I think of the team over at Champlain Housing Trust. Uh, Michael Monte is somebody I've worked with and uh, look at what he's accomplished. He was the director of CEDO uh, for the city for a number of years, uh, Community Economic Development Office, and then has gone on to provide affordable housing and create all these really innovative ways to provide housing for people throughout our community. 
um, at a lot of different levels. And I think that's, you know, you look at that type of community building and the legacy that that is for, uh, for people. Um, those are really inspiring things to see um, and want to be a part of. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you'd like to say a few words about? My hope is that the community is, um, you know, understanding more what, what the time is right now for us to not go back to what was. You know, the idea shouldn't be that we want to just get back to normal because normal wasn't equitable and just for everyone. It wasn't a great system in a lot of places. Um, and we may looked at that and say, oh, things were so much better. Well, they were for some people. And I think that that's the, the hope is that we understand our, our, all of our work, or whether it's our individuals, our organizations, or our community, the work we have ahead of us um, is to create a more equitable and just community. Uh, and doing that through, you know, there's lots of paths to take. I've seen, you know, we've done a lot of learning about these things, right? And people talk about, there's a lot of different lanes to get in, in terms of how you can be a part of the work. Um, and I think it's just up for people to pick one and, and get in and get in the game and be part of what's happening. And um, whether that be volunteering, uh, doing your own learning, advocating and speaking up for people, uh, giving of your dollars or your time, those are all really important things for people to, uh, to lean into in, in a time where, you know, if everybody just goes at their own, it's gonna be a, a real long road. You're listening to Resilient Burlington, where community leaders share their visions for Vermont. With us today is Jesse Bridges, CEO of the United Way of Northwest Vermont. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me.